This episode of the Best Seats Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. To learn how you can support the show, go to thebestseats.com slash Patreon. Once there, you'll learn how you can get early access to shows, ad-free listening, the ability to submit questions, comments, concerns, and more. Once again, that's thebestseats.com slash Patreon. But enough of that. On to the show. Hello and welcome. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first ever episode 45 of the Best Seeds Podcast, the only podcast bringing you interviews with some of the most talented people in and around the Southern California hospitality industry. That's right. Orange County, Los Angeles, San Diego, Palm Springs, wherever, the rest of Southern California and beyond each and every episode. I am your host, Croft McCarthy, founder of The Best Seats. You can find me on Instagram at The Best Seats, that's C-E-A-T-S. Thank you to my friend Allie Coyle for providing music for the show. It would not sound as good without her. You can find more of her work at AllieCoyleMusic.com. And as a reminder, if you enjoy the show, please be sure to leave a rating and or a review. It helps other folks discover it wherever you are listening to it on free feeds. If you're on Patreon, then you're already getting it several days early and ad-free before the public. But for those of you on free feeds listening later on, this episode is brought to you by our advertising partners, HireLilo.com and HeirloomPotager.com. But more on that later. Holy cow, do we got a big one lined up, ladies and gentlemen, friends and family, dogs and cats, hamsters, if you're into that thing, whatever. It's a huge episode for 45, three guests, a long recording session. I think this one goes a little bit over an hour, hour 15, something like that. Um, a big one, a deep one. I am sitting down with the chef of Lander's Liquor Bar in Costa Mesa, Jeremy Calcetas. I am sitting down with the bar manager of Lander's Liquor Bar in Costa Mesa, Isle Anderson. And I am sitting down with a good friend of theirs, the local rep for Perno Ricard, Hank Lee. This is a huge episode. Now, again, two members of staff from one restaurant. That one makes sense. Why am I also sitting down with the liquor rep? I'm fascinated by relationships. Um, I'm especially fascinated by relationships in the hospitality industry. This being a hospitality podcast, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, that makes sense. So I found myself asking, what is that relationship like between a bar manager and a rep? Obviously, I've had both on the show before. I've had chefs on the show before. But I want to know what that, you know, that kind of inner working is like. What is that relationship like? Especially when these guys end up being friends. And then you take a restaurant, a kick-ass place like Lander's Liquor Bar, focusing on cocktails, you know, what is that relationship like between the back of the house and the kitchen and the front of the house? And do those relationships bleed into each other a little bit with regards to the reps and everything else? We're going to get into all of that. This is a great episode. We recorded this just before St. Patty's Day. We're going to talk about some brands. We're going to definitely talk about Jameson for those of you that may still be in recovery from St. Patty's Day. Obviously, we lost it last year being 2020 and pandemic. We got it back this year, at least in some capacity. So I hope you got after it safely, but I hope you got after it regardless. We're going to talk about Jameson. We're going to talk about some of the different brands that they use and some of the things that they do at Landers. We're going to talk about the food program. We're going to talk about relationships. Again, we recorded this at Landers. They were nice enough to let us record um, on the day the restaurant was closed. So we set up shop there. You know, everybody was safe, wiped down all the equipment, just as always. I know you trust the process. And we got 
after it. This is a loaded episode full of some really, really great content. Again, we recorded it live in Costa Mesa. I don't, I don't have a sound studio. I don't want to record a sound studio. I want these episodes to be raw and honest and transparent. So yeah, there's going to be a truck in the background. There might be some traffic. Again, they sit right on Harbor and one of the other roads up there. It's a little noisy, but you know what? You're not even going to hear it because you got so much other great freaking content with this all-star panel of industry professionals for episode 45 of the Best Seats podcast. Oh man, let's just get right into it. Hope you enjoy. Guys, this is uh, fun. We are going to jump right into it, sitting down with basically the heart and soul of Lander's Liquor Bar in Costa Mesa and friend Hank Lee of Pernod Ricard. Guys, there's so many people that are going to listen to this one, mainly because I think with three super talented people, it's going to be a long one, so they're going to have to listen to it. But also, there's so much to tell, and there's a lot of different angles that I want to chat about, a lot of different things that we are going to get into. But before we jump into any of that, would my, for lack of a better term, panel, would you guys mind introducing yourselves and giving a little bit of your background? Hank, let's jump in with you. Not you're the most nervous, so it'll be the most fun. Yeah. (laughs) What's up, guys? I'm super psyched to be here. I appreciate you putting this together, Crawford. Uh, My name's Hank Lee. I work with Pernod Ricard, who... Our big names are Jameson, Absolute, Malibu, but we, for those that are in the industry, we also are uh, Monkey 47 people, Malfi Gin, uh, Lillet, Apertis. We have a massive portfolio. Um, I got started bartending and bar backing, and I fell in love with the industry despite my environmental studies major. And as I moved up in the ranks, that's I became the on-premise rep for Pernod Ricard, and that's how I got to know these guys at Landers. Kyle, what about you? Yeah, uh, Isle Anderson. Um, been surfing drinks and serving waves for probably about eight years now. Uh, bar manager here at Landers and bartender as well. Um, definitely a specialty in classic cocktails with a little bit more emphasis on trying to change things up with the way things are being done these days. Uh, excited to be here. Glad to have it. Chef. Thank you, Ayo. Uh, Jeremy Calcetis, um, executive chef for Landers San Clemente, as well as Costa Mesa. I have been cooking in Huntington Beach and the Orange County areas for about six years now. Um, you know, blessed to join the Landers team about a month ago now, coming up to, and uh, we're excited, man. I'm, we're excited to open up San Clemente, and we have a plethora of things we're going to introduce as a brand all together. Uh, we have a rocking team. I'm already seeing a uh, good output of what we're looking to from pen to paper, and we're getting great feedback from our community and making a little bit of an impact here with some just upfront ideas. So, yeah, lots to look forward to. Before we kind of jump into any of the bigger topics, um, obviously kind of folks listening, you'll hear kind of some of the background noise. Landers was nice enough to let us record this on site. So again, if you hear like that, guys, very big truck go by or anything like that. Again, the restaurant's kind of doing some cleaning on the day off. So any background noise, please ignore. But again, I think that's kind of what makes this fun. Hank, I want to jump in to your end of this as kind of the outsider looking in on Landers. I think a lot of people don't really know the day-to-day workings of kind of a liquor rep. I've had other reps on the show. Ben Carpenter's Surf City still works has been on. I've talked to a couple other people about it. 
what does your day look like kind of as right now and kind of what's it look like i guess has it changed at all the past 24 hours obviously we're recording this monday sunday just happened where indoor dining was reapproved in orange county los angeles county etc what has your day-to-day kind of been like for the past you know a couple months and, and through everything that's been going on oh man that is a loaded question i mean each day is different i depending on who you ask i'm monday through friday with a little off hours but my whole, I try to be online by eight or nine in the morning and I'll answer emails, get some admin done, kind of just be on my computer creating menus if I have any menus to create. But most of my day is going in and out of bars and restaurants across, across Orange County, more focused on the coastal region. And I get to promote these awesome brands I work for. I get to come up with some really cool events really cool cocktail menus. I get to work with fantastic people like Isle and Chef and really not only am I building my brands as a main focus, but these cool bars and restaurants get to put a spin, their name on this spin that they're doing. So we've done a lot of events here. Uh, we did some cool things like Shred Your X on Valentine's Day. Yep, with, love that one. Yeah, that one was <laughs> that one was really fun. That one was a big hit for sure. <laughs> yeah, and with I mean, as we all know, it's Jameson's holiday is coming up. We're doing yeah. some things with that as well, and we're bringing in all the other Jamesons that I think we'll be talking about in a little bit. Honestly, not much has changed except for the volume of sales and kind of we've had to do some cool and unique things that tailor to these new guidelines right so now that we are officially in the red tier i'm i'm getting hit up more and more just because with this holiday coming up and spring right around the corner it's awesome i i miss being busy and this is (laughs) how this is when we all thrive i think all of us in this industry is when we're Got a little heat under us. Yeah, I, I, I should mention, obviously, this is an audio podcast, but you have been nice enough to provide some of the bottles of your products that are carried here at Landers. Jameson specifically, we're recording this on Monday the 15th, about 48 hours before kind of the Super Bowl of, of bar holidays. You know, Isle, from your perspective, what's the relationship? How does the relationship work between someone in your position managing the bar, working with you know Hank and kind of the other various reps? And then also, what is it like? to prepare for St. Patty's Day at a bar. If you've heard of the term mise en place, it is the perfect example of setting up for St. Patrick's Day. Um, If I didn't have Hank here setting me up with uh, the amount of Jameson that we're going to be getting for this event, granted, Hank really hooks it up with this stuff. We probably go through, shoot, three, four cases comfortably on a St. Patrick's Day here. Um, and especially what we have planned for this St. Patrick's Day. Because remember, guys, we, we missed St. Patrick's Day last year. Yeah. Everything, tomorrow will be the one year anniversary of the official like Orange County shutdown. shutdown. Yeah. It was and, the day before yeah. St. Patty's. And so we're going to make up for it. Absolutely. Um, we're actually going to be doing a uh, Jameson Barrel Manhattan here, uh, an IPA Jameson Mule. And uh, with the stout, we're probably going to be doing like a red beer and stout Boilermaker. Oh, so excited about it. And I mean, kind of to that point is a lot of these bars, they carry Jameson without me, right? 
So some of these brands that I was mentioning are the different SKUs of Jameson. And that's the beauty of my job is I get to go sell and tell the story of these different products that might not necessarily be brought in on a regular basis. I mean, I think IL can vouch for this. When I first started calling on this account, they only had Jameson. Now they have 30% of my portfolio. And I, and I do want to mention right off the bat, just for transparency, this is not like this entire episode and, and interview kind of came together organically. This was not sponsored by Jameson, even though it might sound like it. <laughs> this wasn't kind of put together by any organizations. This entire setup came together organically. So I just want to make that clear kind of from the transparency aspect. Oh, yeah. I don't have any extra money going into my pocket for this. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying, Isle. <laughs> um, so talk about your drinks program here at Landers. I look at Landers. I'm a big fan of it. Landers, I think, and I'm going to talk to Chef about this in a moment, is seen by a lot of people as a bar first, restaurant second. This is a volume bar. This is a place that when it's busy, it's busy. You're someone who's trained in kind of classic cocktails. What's it like for you balancing putting out a great kind of craft program at speed? That's really like a, a very tricky one. You know, when you're talking about craft, you want to make it exciting and, and an experience, correct? But I don't want it to be taking longer than a minute to make a cocktail per person. When we talk about speed, what you're doing is a lot of pre-batching. Uh, there's a lot of things that you're going to be doing ahead of time so that by the time service starts, you're, you're very well equipped and prepared. Um, I like to find that happy middle ground where I'm, I'm still doing things that are interesting, but nothing outlandish. So you don't see me setting cocktails on fire or anything like that, but definitely are fire cocktails you know there's there's a lot of really fun ingredients and stuff that we'll put into it but it's done in a way where it can still be done quickly and real quick for those that have not been to landers before i can definitely vouch i come in across a lot of bartenders and bar managers isle is hands down one of the more talented ones out there Oh, don't start that. <laughs> My head's already big enough. <laughs> Chef, I want to uh, push over to you kind of on that same notion. Obviously, Landers is a place where you can come and have a great time, but it's also a place that you can eat and have a great time. And I'm not sure if a lot of people are kind of aware of that. What's it, You said you've only been in about a month now. Obviously, San Clemente is on the horizon. We're not going to settle on that too much today because that's obviously kind of very early on. What is it like for you taking a kitchen like this and being able to pump out the level of food that you do to be able to kind of be changing those customers' minds who come in here. They know they can get a great drink. Now they know that they can really, really eat well as well. Awesome. Um, well, before we dive into that, I just want to thank Isle for driving a lot of our sales because a lot of people come in just to have a drink with Isle. And um, that's the kind of engagement we're looking to continue even with the food program expanding is uh, taking traditional classics and approaching them with a modern twist. So whether that be a tableside pour of bourbon, you know, molasses on something or a tomahawk steak being uh, served on some kind of vessel that's really attractive for the experiences, <clears throat> giving them that same experience with the food as we are for drinks and liquors and things like that. Um, and still paying homage to the core menu, not changing too, not, not changing too much of that, but expanding on that. Um, like you said, this is a liquor bar first, um, kitchen second here at this location, but we are 
uh, fortunate to have the opportunity to build on the kitchen aspect uh, at our upcoming location, which uh, I'm really excited for our patrons to come check it out. Obviously, we're recording this, as we all said, and if you couldn't tell by the unofficial Jamerson sponsorship before St. Patrick's Day, (laughs) it's one of the few opportunities where the liquor industry and the kitchen don't tend to kind of cross over. There's not too much crossover. An event like this, where you're talking kind of special menus and things like that, does that relationship change a little bit? And how do you prepare for such a drink-heavy holiday? Yeah. um, No, you hit it on the head with uh, the crossing of paths between front of house and back of house. They're two different worlds, but with the same kind of loyalty and respect to what I mentioned earlier is mise en place. Uh, We're only as good of an outcome as we are prepared for. Um, So, you know, understanding our demographics, understanding our foot traffic, understanding what our current culture and, like I said, demographic are looking for, we kind of prepare around that um, and catering to that experience and making sure we're well equipped to carry out that volume. Like like Isle said, we don't want to take more than a minute uh, to slang drinks. Same thing with the food, but a little bit more intentional with plating everything. We don't want to take away from the quality as much as we are pumping out tickets. So um, there's a nice fine balance. It's not always met, but uh, yeah, as I'm looking at my platform ahead of me, I'm thinking we can iron out all those um, kinks and crinkles and everything and have an experience that's worth coming to back again and again and again and again and possibly reaching beyond our just local footprint and having people from outs- outside of areas coming in, you know, whether it be LA, San Diego County, uh, that's kind of our goal at the moment. I want to ask all three of you this. Um, obviously, we are tomorrow would mark the day, to, well, from when we're recording this, would mark the day that everything shut down in Orange County. It was March 16th last year, so we are literally just about at the one-year anniversary mark. Um, depending on when you're listening to this episode, it may be well past that. But from all three of your perspectives as kind of veterans of this industry, what does it feel like to be a year into this? I mean, to be coming up on this, and again, indoor capacity dining is back. Obviously, St. Patrick's Day is a big one for a lot of people for you know different reasons, but pretty much the same goal, have a great time. What's it like for all three of you being a year into this now? Well, I really learned how to sell a cocktail without a smile. I'll start with that. <laughs> uh, being masked up really has forced the, the drink to make the sale for me. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to lie. Uh, it, it was definitely difficult getting over the, the new structure and everything. Uh, capacity's changing. Being a bar like ours, we were so used to having two, three lines of people yeah. behind, uh, behind the people sitting at the bar, just waiting for a drink, trying to shoulder up, you know? Uh, anybody who had that $100 bill in the air was usually the first person that got their drink, you know? <laughs> but um, now that everybody's on like 90-minute seating and everything, um, it, we kind of have given a little bit more time to the experience of dining. And I, I appreciate that for somebody like Chef to actually have their moment with the food. Yeah. Um, but as for cocktail, cocktails are still cocktails. You know, True. everybody's coming into a bar to drink. Yeah. Just they're not going to be getting their drinks as fast. True. So now, as we're at that one-year mark and hopefully starting to open up a little bit, uh, we, can, we can get back to really drinking. Yeah. Know? Chef, what about for you? Being a year into this, and I know, obviously, you're very much kind of in your the start of your career here with Landers, but, you know, this profession was hit harder maybe than most. I mean, what's the last year kind of been like for you, and, and how does it feel hitting the one-year anniversary mark now? I, uh, I just moved back from the Midwest a month ago prior to starting here at Landers, so I've seen the, the effects of 
the pandemic affect families, business owners, patrons, and um, the industry altogether in ways that were crippling. Yeah. Um, I've been fortunate to be able to jump from one uh, business to another, one kitchen to another, mm-hmm. one partner to another, um, and sustain myself from the beginning of the shutdown back in March, a year ago now, to here at Landers. And, you know, what I've noticed is the experience that was left with the patrons wasn't able to shut down those establishments. For instance, um, your, your big monsters like in and out um, Chick-fil-A, and their business models are all simplicity. So that's what I want to kind of model here is just a simplistic business model, keep things simple without taking away from the quality of service and quality of product. Yeah. Um, not trying to be all gimmicky and, and, you know, definitely wanting to give an experience, but not um, being a phase or uh, what's hip for the month. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with, I think what Isle's talking about with drinks are just drinks and food will always just be food yeah you know as long as we're, we're passionate about what we're doing behind the scenes on that i think that'll prove in the sales hank your end was obviously a little bit different because you know it, when the shutdown happened everybody went inside they didn't have anything to do so they drank yeah so <laughs> i mean what was your you know coming up to a year now you said you're busier than ever What's it like for you kind of in retrospect? Look, it was, I'm very fortunate that I work for such a good company. They took very good care of us, but I was even furloughed for a little bit there. But my day to day didn't change that much. I was just a little less busy. I'd still try to go to Landers and how can it more turn into, I need X, Y, and Z because you're going to sell it. Mm-hmm. It turned more into, hey, how do you make my brand more visible in a way to drive customers to the location so they can make, so it can help them as well. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Even before all of this happened, our job, or at least the way I go about this job is very much, how do I help you so you can help me, right? So luckily it just, kind of switched a little bit once I got my job back. But it's it was more heartbreaking for to see all my friends completely out of work or to see their businesses not be able to pay rent. And that mm-hmm. might sound a little harsh, but that was the truth, right? So Yeah. It, and if I could just touch on what you're saying right now, there was a lot of downsides to what happened in the pandemic. I've you know, like you we saw a lot of businesses go under a lot of people were affected families and jobs and things like that but i've also on the other hand seen a lot of opportunity arise and for that opportunity to arise it took a lot of leaning on each other for help being transparent letting each other know hey this is where i'm being affected how can you help out and where are you willing to and vice versa and i think landers being a pillar in this community we've had that kind of support from all of our other local vendors trying to weather the storm of pandemic and which ultimately led to us not only staying open but even growing even stronger yeah. and bigger than we were post uh, pre-pandemic you know coming out of this pandemic now and restaurant industries kind of opening back up this is only forecasting to be really beneficial for us this past year. It was priming us. It was prepping us for what's to come. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a great opportunity. And, um, yeah, I think that's proven mm-hmm. front of house and back of house, honestly. Yeah. And going forward, it's, I mean, I'm very thankful. If I, I wake up, I have a job, I'm having a great day, but it feels 
so damn good to be busy again <laughs> and being able to come in, enjoy a drink from my friends and be able to get my products out there. Yeah. And I think most vendors, reps, whatever your term is for them, feel the same way, right? Mm -hmm. They also, they're happy to see their friends ready to go and itching, but now they get to go really do their job. A lot of us in this, at least on the sales side of the industry and the marketing side, we're in it because we're passionate, Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. So to be able to see improvement, even despite all this, yep. is an excellent thing. What's the, so I want to mention that it, I didn't just find a random bartender and a random liquor rep and put you guys together. You guys are actually <laughs> friends as Believe well. Believe it or not, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a wild how you, story. <laughs> how, well, it's, we got time and there's, you know. <laughs> so I was bartending at a vegan place and we have a mutual friend. Hank, you want to continue this? Yes, I do. So I. Do we need to change names for no. any like litigious reasons? No, I don't, I, I don't think we do. I think she'd actually be pretty stoked. She's one of my. My best friends that I got to know through bartending. I was bartending down on the peninsula and she worked Friday nights and I worked Saturday nights. So we'd always come in with a group of friends and support each other. Yeah. I came in one night and she's like, oh, what are you doing today? Tonight. And I go, well, I have a date. And, and of course you were pre-gaming that date. Yeah. yeah. I mean, liquid courage <laughs> never hurt anybody, right? It's called liquid courage for a reason. <laughs> But she goes, where are you taking her? I was like, I, I don't know if I've decided yet. So she goes, hey, I'm going to text my friend. He works at this vegan place. They have great cocktails, though. So you should go there, and he's going to set you up for a little bit. I went there, and I showed up. I'm looking around. I'm trying to find her friend, and I sit at the bar, and... And I was like, you're Hank, right? <laughs> Very obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Nervous, sweating. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I was like, okay, where's your date at, buddy? And before you know it, she's there. And, you know, fine-ass little woman. Beautiful. Um, and we, you know, we start hitting it off. Honestly, I think I was more on a date with him than this girl. I think she was, uh, <laughs> she was just watching us encounter each other and be like, you know what? I, I get this guy's vibe. I'm it's with it. There. There's an energy there. Right? Yeah, so... And then randomly, I got Landers added to my account list. And guess who was here? Guess who was there? Had a good laugh. Asked how it was going. I was currently single at the time. So, <laughs> so good assist. Still am. <laughs> Not my fault. <laughs> so, what is, so a friendship and a business relationship, how do you guys balance kind of the two with that? Because I think that's probably, I mean, it's a tight industry, kind of an everybody knows everybody type of industry, especially with the way that some people tend to work at a bunch of different places, whether at once or just kind of fluidly kind of in the area. How do you guys balance friendship and business? I mean, I won't speak for Ayel because he's probably sick and tired of seeing me. But Not even. It's almost easier because, I mean, a lot of reps do their roles very differently. I My go-to line is, I'm going to be your friend before I'm your rep. Well, I was already friends with Isle. Yeah. So you're already ahead of the game. Yeah. Even even with the, the, the opening line that kind of makes you come across like a middle school guidance counselor. Hey, <laughs> it worked. It worked sometimes. It <laughs> and you know how it is for a lot of bar managers as well. They see a rep come in, they go hide in the back and say, yeah. I'm not here. You know. Yeah, I'm busy. I don't want to do this right now. Yeah, not today. Not today. Uh, but for, for me and him, it was always like, oh, Hank's in the building. I, I run right out to the floor and, you know, go give the man a hug and or 
social or a social distance uh, wave. Brand uh, new puppy running to meet their new owner. Just I get walk through the door and aisles right there with yeah. big puppy eyes. Yeah. <laughs> nice to see you, buddy. Uh, what do you got for me this week? You know, um, which was always really fun too because he always uh, is bringing in something new, even if it's something that I can't necessarily use in the bar at the moment. Yeah, it's something that we can both be educated on in that moment. And that's, that's really entertaining for me because I enjoy that side of the bar craft as well, where you get the education through um, new liquor knowledge and new ways of distilling or whatever it may be that these companies are bringing up now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. With Landers kind of being what it is, what's the relationship then like to work with Chef? Because again, you guys have wine and beer and everybody knows that like pairing wine with food is about mm-hmm. as old as time. Is there any effort to work on kind of like, hey, this cocktail is going to go great with this certain dish or this is going to work there? And then being able to kind of work with Hank and bring this thing full circle. Hey, do you have this product that'll kind of bring these flavors to a cocktail we're working on, et cetera? Is there a relationship? We're definitely building on that at the moment. Uh, We've got some really interesting things planned for the next couple months. Absolutely. Uh, We've already been working on a little bit for a dessert menu that is a a combination of of cocktail desserts. one thing in particular that we've uh, been working on at the moment is a lemon drop bar. Uh, Chef, you want to take over this one for me? So lemon drop or lemon bar, classic, you know, dessert, uh, easy to make, but uh, done well, done better with love. And being that we are a cocktail bar, liquor bar, we are going to introduce uh, the lemon drop bar. Um, simple, kind of an American staple mm-hmm. for desserts, and uh, that kind of goes with our our brand. It's very in brand, and uh, that is one of many that we're looking forward to collaborating front of house and back of house with bar manager and chef. Um, he is my eyes and ears out front, so he's uh, more apt to be able to tell me what the crowd wants, what's selling, what isn't, and uh, he has a lot of uh, experience and knowledge on liquors and the whole bar program. So we're looking to kind of fuse both worlds together um it, it's not it doesn't happen too much yeah um but we're seeing it more and more these these days and um yeah i have a great partner uh with me up front with aisle and uh I, I love leaning on him for areas that i'm not familiar with and you know he pitches me an idea and i run with it and, and uh versa. and vice versa so <laughs> we're uh we're lucky to have each other uh, we're excited about it and there's lots more to come with both worlds fusing together that's great yeah. With products like that, Hank, is that something where IO kind of says to you, hey, we're kind of working on this, and then you're able to kind of look at your portfolio and be like, hey, well, I have this product. I think it would work. Is that something that's kind of happening with this relationship you guys have? Hands down, 100%. And that's, again, that's the beauty of our relationship, right, is we can kind of talk about that because a lot of vendors and reps, they really focus on front of the house because that's where they're going to get the most volume. Now, if he comes to me because he's like, hey, we're thinking about doing a lemon drop bar or a cold brew tiramisu or things like that, I have such a wide range in my portfolio that even one extra bottle not only helps me, but it helps my company, right? So if they're bringing in just one bottle of a product they might not sell, they're still bringing in the product and they're still using it, right? And then you put whatever the product is under the dessert, it's still, it's the vodka we're using or it's the um, whatever they're using, the Jameson cold brew they're using for the cold brew. 
it's still there. It's still visible. It still promotes the brand. Yeah. So obviously, let's let's touch on the kind of pre St. Patty's Day stuff a little bit. Um, you look like a walking Jameson billboard right now. I'm a little jealous of the three quarter zip. <laughs> You've got a bunch of Jamesons in front of us. I think people go out on St. Patty's Day. I think for a lot of people, they're out there. They're wearing the "Kiss Me I'm Irish" T-shirt, even though you know they're probably from Oklahoma originally or something, not Dublin, um, which I'm guilty of. So I can't really talk shit about it. I think a lot of people maybe just drink Jameson on that occasion. Maybe it's just one of those things. That like, well, it's Irish, you know. Let's do that. Jameson makes a lot of other products without turning this into a you know Jameson PSA. Here comes the sponsor again. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, think you it's guys only fair. Me here. <laughs> you brought out a couple of bottles. Obviously, this mm-hmm. is an audio podcast, so it doesn't matter. We could say we're drinking or we're not. People won't know, but they could take a guess. Can you walk through some of the different Jameson kind of bottles that you have brought out and some of the things that people will be seeing on St. Pat's? I absolutely can do that. So we have (laughs) regular Jameson, of course. That is the bartender's drink. When I was, it it really is. It was the first shot I took behind the bar. It's if you are out with bartenders, if you're visiting a bartender friend, if you're pouring for a bartender, it is a shot of Jameson. They're feeling a little flirty. They're doing a Jameson ginger or a Jameson old fashioned. So did you drink Jameson when you went to the vegan restaurant with, for your unofficial date with Isle? Most certainly did not. <laughs> well, so <laughs> the vegan restaurant didn't carry Jameson because they did their whole organic, ah, okay. natural, Fair whatever. Enough. But it probably would have been Jameson if they served it. <laughs> At that time, I wasn't even serving shots across that bar. It just wasn't that kind of place. Yeah, I kind of. Hence why I went there on, on the that. date. <laughs> <laughs> what else do we got so, down here? Jameson came out with this really cool edition, I guess you will, called the Caskmates. And there is an IPA edition and a stout edition. And basically, think the easiest way to explain this is Jameson gets bottled, shipped off wherever it's going. What does Jameson do with those empty barrels? Well, they shipped them to a brewery in Cork, Middleton. That brewery then did, they put their IPA or their stout in, in that barrel. So then, well, now the brewery's like, what do we do with these empty barrels? Shipped them back to Jameson. Original Jameson sat in the IPA or the stout barrel. And what's really fun about them is they are, they're fun to play with. They're easy to mix with cocktails. They just have a slight different flavor profile to it than regular Jameson. The IPA, you're going to get grapefruit, citrus. I think I came up with this cocktail with Isle, but we put it in a 75. I call it the Irish 75. So instead of lemon juice, you use grapefruit juice, champagne, simple syrup, and the Jameson IPA. The stout is awesome because it's very much a whiskey drinker's Jameson. It's much mellower. You're going to get a lot of chocolate. You're going to get a little vanilla. I love it in a dessert old-fashioned. Are there any myths about Jameson? I mean, kind of like I said, one of the things you see, everybody started drinking and you know cooking too at home a lot more in 2020 with the shutdown. I think people started to experiment a little bit more than some of that kind of shutdown fatigue happened. And I think people went back to what was kind of comfortable. You know, You kind of saw that with sales trends and part of the liquor industry. Are there any myths about Jameson and why people should be kind of jumping into it a little bit more? Myths as in just unique myths or what, Yeah, what I think people see it. For? I think, you know, you kind of have those stereotypical people that they see that bottle and they just kind of get the shot and then that's it. I don't think people really see kind of a, a history of it or kind of the appreciation for it bigger. I mean, it's the 
Irish whiskey. It is the number one selling Irish whiskey for a reason, right? That's what I like about these different SKUs is that it turns the, I guess, maybe the connotation of regular Jameson a way around, right? So you can put it in those fun cocktails. It's not just a shot. I mean, it's Jameson. It's hard. It's, that's, the, that's why I love I think everyone has a personal relationship with yeah. Jameson, right? Yeah. <clears throat> From our first shot at our high school party or gathering to behind the bar at your first uh, bar gig and sometimes even the kitchen. You know, we are a culture of waste not, want not in the, ki- in the kitchen. Yeah, very so every, much so. Everything is utilized. Um, and that doesn't mean it, it's uh, we're utilizing waste. We're utilizing uh, creativity. Uh, cross-utilization of of products we have in-house mm-hmm. so for instance uh, we are you know coming up on st. Patty's Day and as traditional as uh, corned beef sandwich and cabbage and uh, in-house potatoes might sound you know we li- like to introduce different flares on things uh, we are a liquor bar so uh, for this particular special we're having uh, coming Wednesday, we're going to have a corned beef sandwich on halal bread, and we're going to uh, finish that off with a whiskey peppercorn sauce. So it kind of is in brand for us. Yeah. You know, like I said earlier, we want to pay homage to Landers being a liquor bar first, kitchen second, me coming in as a chef. Well, I try and capitalize on every opportunity to marry both worlds. So uh, yeah, I think Jameson doesn't end at the bar. It definitely can be utilized anywhere in the industry. And that's kind of Jameson's story. It's love thy neighbor, love thy neighborhood bar, your friends and family. It's not just spirit that you might not know anything about. It's that you're drinking, you're gathering around a bonfire on the beach, you are at a dive bar with your best friend and the bartender says, here's some Jameson. Or you're at a super high-end restaurant and there's some of the other Jamesons and you're doing a super fun cocktail. So when we are not bringing you a podcast unofficially brought to you by Jameson, what, what are you guys drinking on the side? What does it kind of for you when you were kind of needing a drink? So here we do a little uh, ginger lime house syrup, basically, that uh, we've kind of developed into a house shot now. So it's a, a whiskey and, and our ginger lime combo. Um, on a standard Friday night, I'm probably making about 150 of those, just going out to tables. Good Lord. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah. And then you see them walk away, and they, they're doing fine. <laughs> they're doing just fine. A lot of happy everybody's, faces. Everybody's a little brighter, a little more attractive. Yeah, everybody's absolutely. feeling a little better, a little warmer. <laughs> I mean, as, a, as the motto on the Jameson bottle says, uh, sinimitu, which means without fear, uh, you definitely have no fear <laughs> after drinking a couple of those. You do get a little bulletproof. That's true. <laughs> hey, chef, I want to go. Well, it's time for a little commercial, yeah. The last year provided so many challenges for restaurant owners. Now that they're finally getting a chance to open their doors again to the public, it can only be an exciting thing. However, some of those challenges still remain, like hiring new staff after having to let go of them for almost an entire year. That's where Hire Lilo comes in, custom-built from the ground up, by hospitality professionals, Hire Lilo is your destination for restaurant hiring. Applicants can create resumes on the site, set up meetings, use the virtual messaging system to communicate with potential hirees, and more. Restaurants also have a multitude of options to choose from, including selecting mandatory shifts for specific positions, and more. The website is easy to use and is a perfect build-out for the hospitality industry. 
None of the other fancy stuff are trying to compete with every other industry on the planet for new hires. As I said, it is hospitality specific, making it your destination for hiring. Using the promo code stay strong, all one word, you can create a free job posting today and start to fill those hiring voids. Hire Lilo provides on-site help. They'll sit down and make sure that your restaurant is set up and properly ready to go and that you can utilize all the features Hire Lilo offers. To learn more or to create an account and get job posting now, go to HireLilo.com. That's H-I-R-E-L-I-L-O.com. Once again, that's HireLilo.com. I don't know about you, but 2020 had me re-looking at how I live and the space that I live in. Spending so much time at home really had me reevaluating how certain things worked and didn't in my living space. One of the main things, as an avid home cook and an obvious supporter of restaurants, was gardening. Anybody who enjoys food at all will be able to tell you that something you've grown yourself will taste infinitely better than anything you can buy at a store. That's where Ashley Irene of Heirloom Potage comes in. Heirloom Potage designs, installs, and maintains seasonal culinary gardens for chefs and foodies in Orange County. They provide organic gardening methods and bespoke build-outs used to preserve the heirloom varietals that they'll provide for seeds. An approachable and exciting endeavor, no matter if you're a seasoned restaurateur or a stay-at-home chef. Owner Ashley Irene's experience, expertise, and enthusiasm is only matched by her professionalism. For more information on how you can set up a consultation to get your own culinary garden space set up, go to heirloompotage.com. That's heirloom, H-E-I-R-L-O-O-M, potage, P-O-T-A-G-E-R.com today. Once again, that's heirloompotage.com. <laughs> Chef, I want to go back to you. Landers, um, obviously, San Clemente is being built out, but the original home up here in Costa Mesa is technically an open restaurant it did not have to kind of there were moments where people shut where people shut down obviously for safety reasons and kind of understanding what was going on in the community but you've been able to have guests dining here just based on the structure it met the requirements to have guests kind of eating at tables here this is not exactly ideal for anybody to spend their first month under kind of these circumstances what was that kind of first month like for you and how do you feel with things kind of moving forward well I think it's good to bring up the point that this whole concept started because of the creativity and brilliant mind behind it all, which is Chance Owen, the owner, Yeah, um, coming from the fashion world and really just um, having the means to throw up a, an establishment that he could call home and, uh, you know, wanting to be able to go to a bar and, and have, have a good time, good drinks. And, you know, it wasn't a kitchen concentrated project um but obviously you know food doesn't hurt <laughs> so it started off uh you know having that as a kind of convenience having some eats some some appetizers things like that and then it grew and it grew and it grew and um i think with the demand that's been showing more and more as, as years went by and me coming into here and observing last month again i just touch on opportunity mm-hmm. Op- there's there you know you introduce food as an opportunity in business and that's a whole platform in itself uh i myself uh, consider myself an artist in the place in the world of culinary arts and you know that being said i have a platform of about 15 to 45 minutes to impact my patron yeah so uh for obvious reasons i want those people to come back or at least leave with a memorable experience so i take pride in everything that i i put together and assemble um i'm very receptive to outside um feedback and and and, and ideas um, you know, 
so there's there's really no limits to where the food can go and i think um with san clemente opening up it's really going to expand a whole new world of experience within the lander's brand yeah uh, not just with you know for lack of better words coming in getting tanked yeah <laughs> but also you know having a memorable experience with either family friends you know dinner date anniversary whatever it might be or even you know private dinner um we're really gonna hone in on presenting the opportunity to leave with a an experience that might bring others and um have you you know be a return customer so to speak I want to touch on that aspect of it because, again, this is a fun place. This is a place where people are going to come and have fun. There's absolutely nothing wrong with going out and getting some drinks. You know, your life kind of live it the way you want to. Right. With that being said, and kind of the volume that uh, I'll kind of touched on before with the amount of drinks that this bar does sling, mm-hmm. how does that shape your menu from a planning perspective where you're like, these people are imbibing, everything is moving pretty quickly. How does it shape what you can plate up and what you're bringing to the pass? Uh, it has it has a big impact on how I draw out the menu items and selected um, you know, menu that I'm kind of closing in on. Isle is also a big um, factor that comes into play with what we're kind of closing in on. And, um, you know, I won't get into detail of what we've done so far, but um, it does and it doesn't, so to speak. So I, I take what feedback I get from Isle and the powers that be up front who are actually interacting with the customers one on one. And I take that and I go to my drawing board in my head and I say, OK, who is Landers? What are we? What are we trying to present? What are what makes sense for us to put out there? Mm-hmm. And so like to jump back to my introduction is we're taking traditional classics and putting a modern twist on them and me kind of orchestrating that execution. So <clears throat> for instance, us being a liquor bar, I'm taking a, uh, a classic beer can chicken, you know, a fairly simple uh, menu read. Yeah. Uh, it's fun. It's one it's, of my favorite things to make at home. I love, I love them. Totally. I love, love them. Totally. It's aesthetically pleasing. You know, I'm serving it in raw form. Chicken roasted coming out on a beer can. I'm going to um, have some fixings on the side of that. But, um, you know, as, a, as an avid camper, so to speak, you know, I, I, I do a lot of beer can chicken in my time. Um, I have a history with smoked barbecue. Um, and so that kind of falls in line with who we are, you know, kind of vintage Americana cuisine with transcontinental flavor profiles that are fused into those. Yeah. Um, and, you know, simply put, having this opportunity and opening a new restaurant com- approaching summertime, I think it gives us a good platform to kind of really come in strong and humble at the same time. So we're, we're looking, or I'm looking specifically to, you know, gun for a Michelin star and not just be known as a place where you're going to come and drink, but you can actually have a memorable experience eating. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah. From the chef's perspective, you know, chasing a star, I think regardless about how people feel about the Michelin system as a whole, I think that accolade is something that a lot of people rightfully so chase. Yeah. Um, it's kind of that confirmation that all that sacrifice has really kind of been worth it for better or for worse. Is there any fear that, you know, this is not, it, this is a great establishment. I'm a huge champion of Landers. To be able to sit down and do this podcast is huge for me. You know, hang kind of spearheading, putting this thing together has been awesome. I would not walk into Landers, though, and expect to find Michelin kind of inspectors. It just doesn't read that way. And I think that speaks to a bigger mistreatment of some restaurants kind of as a whole because this is a place where people are going to come out and have fun. And like we said, like everyone has said, that's not all you can do here. But is there a little bit of a fear, I guess, that that stereotype might exist and kind of 
prevent some people from experiencing what you're trying to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, chefs as a whole are critiqued very heavily by their, by their business partners, business owners, their patrons, their bar, um, this table, (laughs) you know, we are, we are artists, I'd like to say, and we are heavily critiqued and we're very, um, self-conscious about what we're presenting because th- that's everything that we have on a plate there. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, there are three major bullet points through a Michelin star. And uh, without getting into that, I think all those initial three bullet points are very attainable uh, at at our new location that's, that's to be coming. Um, I wouldn't comfortably say that that would be something that'd be attainable here at our Costa Mesa location because this is more of the local um, hub, so to speak, for good times. You know, um, and we're presenting a whole different structure, a whole different experience beyond drinks in San Clemente. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to kind of highlight where we can and um, produce something that would be at least considered in a Michelin guide. Before I turn it over to Isle, because I want I have a follow up question on that for him. I want to ask, what would be your pitch to food media on why they need to give more consideration to a place like this or kind of what you're going to be trying to do in San Clemente once that gets going? Um, <clears throat> you know, chefs as creative and intricate and articulated as we are, we're applying heat to food, you know, and there is a very passionate team behind this and it's all derived from different avenues of create creativity, whether, whether that be fashion, whether that be on the bar, whether that be on the kitchen line. Um, I think not only should people consider giving us a chance to visit, but um, really look forward to what we're presenting um, because the location that we're at is not only a beachfront location, but it's also a, his- a historic building. Mm-hmm. So that in itself speaks for itself. We have a lot, uh, uh, we have big shoes to fill, so to speak. So we, uh, we don't take that lightly. Um, but at the same time, we do uh, foster a very casual atmosphere as, as, as sh- uh, sharp edge, like, preparation we are in for this so um kind of presenting our best artillery and still being you know casual elevated fast casual as can be yeah yeah um as of right now <laughs> shameless plug on my end i'm currently in a worldwide competition for bon appetit magazine um to be selected as favorite chef of 2020 and right now i'm in the top three and uh, the spot for number one closes at the end of this month. So um, you can definitely vote for me on Facebook for that. And this is an opportunity for not just myself, but Landers as a whole. Because, you know, in the event that I did win this competition, God willing, I would be able to um, introduce the world to the opening of the new location um, in a two-page spread of Bon Appetit magazine. So um, we're looking forward to that. We're gunning for that. But whatever happens, happens. I think we're winners already. If anybody does want to vote on that, you can go to the show notes wherever and what, uh, on whatever platform you're listening to this. There will be a hyperlink in the bottom beneath the show description. So definitely go and do that. You got my full endorsement to do that as many times as you can. Thank you. I'll pulling over to you. What's it like to be in a position as bar manager to not just put out great drinks, but then to have your patrons enjoying the hell out of them, their time here, and then to be able to serve out the food that this kitchen is kind of pumping out. From the beverage director kind of standpoint, does that make your job easier because you're getting those people to kind of sit and enjoy the food and upsell on that? That only kind of leads to more kind of drink sales and 
things along those lines. What's it like for you running the drinks to see the food and the quality that comes out of that kitchen? If you feed people, people drink more. That's a standard across the board. There's a reason why we serve uh, food with cocktails here. Um, if it were completely up to the cocktails, I'd have a lot more on my back. But because we have a decent uh, food, I say decent, excuse me, a fantastic food program <laughs> One of the here. Jameson bottles just went flying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because That's it, I'm out of here. <laughs> See you, buddy. Uh, because we have um, a really well-balanced program altogether, we, we kind of share the load. Um, as a beverage director, uh, my cocktails don't necessarily need to be the, the main focus. Um, I actually prefer that because I'm not one of those people that needs to be called a mixologist and needs to wear a tie to come to work. I prefer to wear a t-shirt and pour you a shot and a beer if that's what you want. Don't get me wrong, I'll educate you on trying something different if you've been doing the same thing for the last three months. But if you're not into it, you're not into it. That's okay yeah. with me. Completely you know? fair. Drink what you want to drink. Mm -hmm. Hank, from your standpoint, it's got to make your job a lot easier coming in here, being able to eat well and drink well. Obviously, this is going to go live. I have no doubt that some <laughs> of your other accounts may hear it. Yeah. What does kind of, I mean, is this, is it friendship? I mean, obviously you're not, you're not kind of giving favoritism. You got to go see everybody this again. Like I said Which before, I, this podcast for, came together For my bosses yeah. that might be listening. Yes, I do spread it out very evenly, <laughs> but you go where the fish are, right? Yeah. That's just a standard saying. And Landers and I, and Isle and I, and now Chef and I have a, such a good relationship where that that volume comes from all this cool stuff and being I'm very much a spirit person but I know I can come here and have a shot of Jameson and a beer courtesy of Isle and the food here is amazing it is really good this is the place I want to be at to start my night because I can get both. Yeah. And I really think having... Yeah, be, yeah be, sorry. But yeah, this is the place where it's the, it's the party before the shit show, you know? We, <laughs> we're, not that, uh, we're not that 2 a.m. bar. We, we close a little earlier, so you get a proper dinner in you, a yeah. couple good drinks, and then you decide where you're going after that. Yeah, well, I, I know we've kind of made it sound like it's again, a party. Again, that touches but. on mise en place. We prepare <laughs> for success. Yeah, I absolutely. Think both has... is very underrated right especially right now and i can come here i will have great i call chef you might correct me here i call it high-end pub food i will get i will get the greatest grilled cheese i've ever had with the greatest tots i've ever had but that's coming with a super thought out planned absolute elix twist on a martini mm -hmm. but before i leave i'm going to aisle and i'm going to take a shot of jameson with him yeah as he serves me a beer so it's i think it speaks volume when you have everything combined you mentioned something in that answer that i'm glad you touched on because i wanted to bring it up um and i'd be interested to hear from all three of you your kind of feelings on this you know, you, Chef, you mentioned kind of the founding of Landers, where it came from, you know, the people behind it, um, incredibly, incredibly talented folks um, that you guys can probably shed a little bit more light on than I can, obviously knowing them the way that you do. You talked about that there's kind of a vibe here. There's a spirit here. I think that there's a lot of style and personality injected into this space, even in very subtle ways. 
I think it's a place where the clientele picks up on that. Um, you know, I always have to make sure that I'm wearing somewhat decent, cool shoes when I come. Um, you know, it's 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 a cool crowd. How much of that comes from the ownership and kind of their personalities that have been injected to the space, and then how does that work into each one of your kind of positions within the restaurant, having that style? Well. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's it's very fashion oriented, um, and that's permeated throughout of our through all out all of our gathering of community and patrons that are coming in from all walks of life. But it's not a standard. Um, yes, our staff is very colorful, eclectic, fashionable in the best cool, way possible. In the best way possible. best way possible. Some might say, you know, um, you know, kind of pioneers of the hipster movement, whatever you want to call it, but. Um, with an edge, though, I would say. With, with an, an edge. edge. We, we, we do have some pretty badass staff that I wouldn't test their gangsters about. <laughs> but also the sweetest hearts and, um, you know, the biggest smiles. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I would say that it is a, uh, a starting point of interest for most people to kind of want to see what the vibe is. And uh, for lack of better words, I think the vibe that we've kind of honed in on for what Landers is about is moto surf vintage culture slash beach culture mm -hmm. um with a twist of desert in there somewhere you honed in on that one yeah <laughs> yeah for you know uh, and and a bunch of creatives uh all like-minded people that came together you yep. know there isn't anybody in here that is a rep uh, a replica of each other but somehow found their ways here and vice versa landers found us um so, yeah, I would say that it is definitely a uh, focal point, but not a standard for, for a Landers experience. Totally fair. Isle, you obviously are very kind of well-versed in this, um, incredibly talented and avid surfer yourself. You fit right into about a third of the uh, concept that Chef just kind of put forward, seemingly pulled out of thin air, but sounded like he was pretty well prepared for that one. What do you think about kind of the style and personality that Landers brings? Well, I feel like Landers really picks up on a lot of that Costa Mesa persona. Um, we're not Newport, we're not Huntington, we're not Santa Ana. There's a lot of artists and creatives that are in Costa Mesa. Uh, a lot of a lot of people that work on old school cars, motorcycles, things like that. People that work with their hands. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of blue collar in the area, and so we we definitely advocate to sell to those types of people a little bit more often than the suit and tie guy. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. By all means, come on in. But we do have that, that kind of like down to earth mentality here. You can come in, you can hang out with me. We can shoot the shit. Yeah. Um, you don't, you don't see me trying to like play a certain character behind the bar. I'm myself and our staff is the same way. When you come to a table, uh, you, you just are hanging out, you yeah. know, it's like, uh, it's like you're hanging out in somebody's back patio, getting served cocktails, getting served some barbecue. Uh, getting served a couple sandwiches, whatever, but it's all, it's all family here. Yeah. And that's really the main focus. We want to make you feel like you belong. Like you can come in on your own here. Like, cause you know how it is. Sometimes mm -hmm. when you go to dine by yourself, it's a little awkward, but here it's totally fine. All of a sudden you've got three people on the bar top that have never met each other in their life. And they're in a deep conversation about life. You know, that's, that's some wild stuff and it doesn't happen everywhere, but it definitely happens here. Yeah. Exactly. And, and just like he said, you can come by yourself. We don't have to know your name, but we'll treat you like we do. That's awesome. And from your perspective, what does it do to you when you have such a kind of set and loyal clientele at an account? Um, 
as far as kind of bringing in you know your diversified portfolio i mean let you know let's speak very candidly obviously the goal of anybody in your position would be that whatever establishment would carry all of their product that's the dream right that's obviously that could be a tough thing depending on what you're trying to move so you mentioned absolute elix you brought a bottle of it out I, how does it work if you have a product that you obviously want to move you want somebody to carry it but it may be kind of a tougher sell how does that work for you when you have a good relationship with a spot like this <laughs> to put it frankly it makes my life so much easier so again just a little plug about absolute Elix. it is 42.3 percent abv so more booze right everybody loves more booze it's everything's made within a 15 mile radius so it is very very sustainable hence again sidetracking here but that's why i was drawn to Pernod ricard is i majored in environmental studies so things like that make it really cool there's eastern style of distilling copper distilled it gives its flavor so i get to go with all those fun facts to aisle and let them try it i have a little ace up my sleeve Every bottle he buys is a week's worth of fresh water to a family in need. We partner with water for people. So every cocktail he pours is eight liters of fresh water to a family in need. So as much as that is a little trick, I go to aisle and I go, hey, what do you think about this? Well, me with a big heart over here, I'm like immediately like, oh yeah, for sure. And then easily sellable to anybody sitting at the bar top as well. Yeah. Okay. You want to do a martini? We're not going to do it with the well. Have you ever tried Absolute Elix? And with him like that. So in a place like this, that is very much a beer and a shot kind of bar. When you have staff that is passionate about the industry and spirits, I can bring in this higher end vodka that they probably... They wouldn't what, try that on their own any yeah, other time. Yeah. So... I get to go do that and I get to sit down and we come up with four different cocktails that we try out. And then he likes two of them. They end up on the permanent menu, which is more sales for me. Yeah. And I, again, it, for people that are listening, I'm by no means trying to turn this into a sales pitch for your portfolio, but it doesn't make sense to try and talk about it without you being able to kind of plug it that way. So Correct. like I said, this is not sponsored or endorsed by Jameson, if Jameson would like to, please reach out. But it, it's, it's it's not kind of fair to you to be able to put all these products out and then not talk about them that mm -hmm. way. So it's great that you do have passion for it. Without mentioning any names, do you have any products that are tougher ones because maybe it's just a tougher sell? Like it's it's more esoteric or just something that's a harder, like, like there's a lot of competition out there, anything like that? Yeah, so there are some brands that we call them call brands, right? Mm -hmm. So you get those tequilas that the highest end whiskey bar is going to bring in because they're going to get a call for it. Yep. And, but that kind of goes back to the relationship and the story behind brands, right? Is if I can get, for example, a licks on the menu and I can get the bartenders and the servers and anybody that'll listen to me on their on that side they're going to order it so there are but i sell multiple tequilas i sell multiple whiskeys it's hopefully i don't get in trouble for this but it almost cannibalizes some of my products because i these guys landers carries both my tequilas but i know what they sell more of yeah whether it's based off price point story 
on the menu, whatever. I think that's just a realization that you have to come to. If you have a portfolio yeah. as big as what you guys have, you're going to have some mm -hmm. products that are going to do that to each other. Well, and I guess I, I might want to turn this back on aisle is how do you stray away from call brands? Like why is Absolute Licks one of your favorites, even though it might not be somebody's coming and ordering an Elixir and soda or an Elixir martini? I do feel like uh, the, the call names and like the, the better known vodkas and tequilas and whiskeys are always going to sell themselves because of, I, I hate to say it, but they, they're going to sell themselves because more people just know of them. It yeah. has cachet. It yeah. Has, yeah. Um, I, let me, I have a story. When oh, I was, okay, here we go. When I was bartending, somebody came in and asked for a margarita. As a bartender, you upsell your whatever, your, whatever the brand is. So I go, hey, do you have a preference on your tequila? She goes, can I get Tito's? For tequila? Yes. They just, that's the definition <laughs> of a call brand. They just Was she 21? Did you check that ID? <laughs> I always check my ID. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I, that is an interesting thing though. I mean, you do have those kind of mandatory bottles that people are just going to see because not everybody has the time. There's so much information out there. And there's Again, so many different yeah. brands out there now. And there's, again, it, most people don't even know that, you know, like most whiskeys, and I've talked about this with people on the podcast before. I know Paul Letko, a few spirits, and I talked about this, that most come from the same, you know, place. They're coming from the same warehouse. There's just different labels on the bottle, essentially. Especially all these celebrity bottles that you have out nowadays. Yeah. Like, a lot of those things are just blends that, I mean, I hate to say it or hate to be a purist, but that's just trash, you know? You, no, you can say that on this podcast. Yeah. Celebrity, <laughs> celebrity spirits are a big sticking point of mine. Uh, from your perspective, obviously, you guys have a good relationship. You guys are friends. He's not the only rep that you deal with. You talked about earlier how reps not come in. How do you balance... How do you treat all the kids in the class the same? I mean, obviously, this is going to look a little bit like favoritism because he's getting to do a podcast with it. But how, how do you balance the relationships with everybody? Uh, it's really about just trying to find that equal ground, right? Like, obviously, they're trying to sell something to me, and I need to pick something up. Because if my shelves are empty, we don't look good. And they don't look good if they're not making the sale. Um, obviously, some do better than others because they already understand our brand mm. before they come in. Um, certain, certain reps will come in with things that just don't belong here. Um, and I don't, I don't mean to say that there's certain liquors that don't belong here, but there are definitely some that would sell more yeah. and some that would sell less. Mm -hmm. And those that bring in the right thing for the right crowd are obviously going to be able to make that sale. Yeah. Those that aren't obviously won't. Chef, from your end of things, we kind of talked about uh, how you're going to be putting the menu together. Your relationship with purveyors and vendors and things is much different. How has that building relationship process been for you? Because you're kind of still, as we've obviously mentioned, very much in the infancy of your working relationship with Lander. So how's it been getting your feet on the ground while we're still dealing with a pandemic? Very candidly. <laughs> I, I'm very transparent with my vendors. I, I you know, I don't, I, I cut the shit and let them know yeah. what I'm looking for. Um, and whoever that might be to present the best terms, quality, product, schedule, everything under the umbrella for my needs is who I'm going to. It's all just business. Um, 
uh, you know, there is a, a good balance of artistry mixed with professionalism in what I do. Yeah. And as much as I'd like to, you know, ride the wave and just charge the hills as much as I want without any, you know, restrictions, I'm still very conscious about um, how I do that. And I don't make my uh, vendors, you know, twirl around for me and jump through hoops. Um, I'm also engage them in a more transparent, candid relationship and say, hey, these are my needs. It's all it's it's strictly business. But I definitely want to um, do business wherever I can with you. Yeah. And that's uh, that's worked really well for me because I you know, if it's not from you, it's the other person. And if it's not from the other person, it's you. Um, you know, I try and weigh out the best cost and um, decisions um, for each item product with each vendor as I can. We mentioned, obviously, at the start that indoor dining has reopened, at least in some capacity in Orange County. Vaccines are becoming more readily available. I've got my first one scheduled. I know more people are at least getting their first round in. We're not out of the woods yet by any stretch of the imagination, but it feels like we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. There's been so much that has changed the past year, especially given the hospitality industry. Everybody's new favorite word to hate is pivot because everybody had to. What are some of the things that you guys have seen looking back on the last year as we start to kind of wrap this up that have changed for better or for worse kind of as with regards to the industry? And, and what do you guys kind of feel about stuff moving forward? Chef, we'll start with you. Uh, man, that's a hard one because, you know, to each their own on this one. You know, um, I am aware of the vaccine and the severity of what we're facing now. And we're, you're definitely right. We're not out of the woods just yet. But um I personally don't like to live within a realm of restricted um, freedom. Mm-hmm. And uh, however, on the same aspect in a business world, I respect everyone's decision to you know move forward or not on their decision to take precautions. So I think there's definitely a fence that has divided the two worlds. Um, our job on our end is to cater to both. So, um, you know, we respect the guidelines, we respect the boundaries, we follow and adhere to all the restrictions or, um, you know, suggested uh, social distancing and and whatnot and masking up, which, you know, our staff always does when we are around our patrons. But um, we try not to make that even a focal point of our service. We try to carry on business as usual. The show goes on with us. And while we're still following the... um, you know, required mandates of, of the state and country. Hank, what about you? What is the past year, kind of some of the changes that you've seen for better or for worse business-wise? So my changes are very much more small niche. Yeah. My tailorability, for lack of a better word, because I honestly, I, I get to bartend for bartenders. I get to push products on bartenders. So I guess the way I've looked at it is I'm looking for visibility because ultimately I don't have to go ruin my friendship with Isle and be like, hey, I need X amount because you're going to go through it. Yeah. No, I let's try to get a way to put an event, a safe social distance event together, or let's put a different product on the menu item and ultimately he will go through what I would originally ask for. I mean, I would I would have to imagine one of the biggest changes from 2020 that everybody has said they hope sticks around is to go cocktails. I mean, I can imagine oh, that I only so helps so. spread we, uh, your brands. Oh, I so hope so. And outside dining too is awesome. Yeah. Uh, but we've, again, I work for a great company. We pivoted, in air quotes, very quickly. Yeah. We have... We came up with to-go programs, adult, I guess I call them adult Capri Suns. 
or juice pouches yeah. that you can put cocktails in. So it's things like that, how we've switched up our business. Like I said, I'm all about getting these brands to become a call brand or if they're already a call brand, how do we get them bigger and to a wider net of people that might not drink it? So it's things like that that are honestly, in my opinion, awesome. Because it does sometimes, hey, we are only offering four to go cocktails. Jameson is one of them. Well, I don't know if I like Jameson. Try it. You don't. You might not have an option. Yeah. Uh, what about from your end? Some of the things that have kind of happened in the past year, hospitality-wise, good or bad. Some of the changes that you've kind of seen and, and looking ahead. I mean, definitely with the closing of bars there for a while, uh, you really saw where a lot of the community was missing something. And then as as bars started to open up again, you realize that that is actually something that's very true, like Americana. Right mm-hmm. there, being able to go to a bar, sit down, have a drink, talk to people uh, that are like-minded or not, and have that communal experience. Um, we lost a little bit of that during 2020, but as as we're coming out of it, hopefully we're bringing that back tenfold. Yeah. Um, that I saw a lot of division in in our in our communities. Yeah. Honestly, um, that that bars have always tended to help with. Uh, by bringing people together, you bring together the minds. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was a good car. I, that right was a there. good one. Whatever that was, that was a good one. Vroom, vroom, baby. Um, but yeah, like I say, like with with the division that it was, now that bars are reopening again and restaurants are back to it, we're going to actually start to see people come come together. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Guys, I don't want to take up too much of everyone's time. This is going to be this is going to go down as one of the longer episodes that I've done and there's so much information that we've hit on. If people want to find you guys individually to reach out, whether it's kind of social media, things like that, find the brands. I want to go through everybody's thing and make sure everybody gets the right credit where they deserve. Where can people do that? Hank, we'll start with you. Where can people find you and, and kind of connect with you? So I have an Instagram page for work specifically called Sippin' in SoCal. And honestly, if you guys need a drink or want to try some of these new products we might have talked about, look me up. And I'm always posting about the events I'm at. I'm sure one of those will be at Landers this week for St. Patrick's Day. And I would love, hey, I heard you on the best seats, which is a phenomenal podcast, by the way. Unofficially presented by Jameson. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm going to get a cease and desist from Ireland. I know I am. <laughs> hey, I, I heard you on the best seats. I want to try the Jameson Stout. I'd love to buy you guys a drink. That's awesome. I'll, where can people find you? Uh, you can easily find me on Instagram at Isle Anderson, uh, Anderson with an O, Isle spelt I-S-L-E. Or behind the bar up here at oh, Landers, obviously. Absolutely. <laughs> almost every day. Chef, for people that want to start to follow your journey and see what you've got going on, where can people follow you at? My Instagram is at Tribe Called Nefs, N-E-P-H-S. And you can vote for me currently at favechef.com forward slash 2021 forward slash Jeremy Sean. And again, that link and all the links for their social media respectively will be in the show notes afterwards. Landers, especially let's give a big shout out to them. Where can people find Landers online? Who's got this one off the top of their head the quickest? All right. So you can find Landers on Instagram or Facebook at Landers Liquor Bar and then the new location at Landers San Clemente. And then if you're interested in any of our vintage wear or anything else, you can look up at Lander's Supply House. Yeah, and I should mention, if you come up to the Costa Mesa spot, if you are in the area and come to visit them, which you absolutely should, 
uh, there is parking at the Vintage House just down the road for the restaurant as well. And people should definitely, definitely check out that as well because that's a really cool spot. No food or drinks in that one. That's an actual store, but definitely give a look-see for it. Uh, all three of you guys, thank you so, so much for sitting down and doing this. This has been unbelievably fun. I'm so excited for San Clemente. I'm so excited for what you guys thank have you. been doing up here in Costa Mesa. I hope people will continue to come and check it out. Oh, you know they will. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Gentlemen, I got nothing else. Thank you so much. Hey, I just want to say thank you, Crawford. I think this, this was awesome. This was super fun. Yeah, this Great was a experience. fun one. All right, guys. Thank you. That is a wrap on episode 45. Thank you to Chef. Thank you to Isle. Thank you to Hank. He was kind of the one who helped kind of facilitate this. Thank you to Landers. Thank you to Chance Owen and the owners up there for creating a great spot. Again, if you live in the area, go check it out. It's it's kick-ass. It's fun. It's vibrant. It's it's sexy. It's, it's dirty. It's delicious. It's flowing with great drinks. It's everything you want in a great night out. It's a place that I'm a huge advocate of. I hope after listening to this episode, you are a brand new supporter of if you weren't before. Um, yeah, that one was so much fun. Holy cow. I hope to do more like that. I hope, uh, I really hope you enjoyed it. That was, uh, that was a fun one to set up, you know, moving around microphones, stuff like that. That was just awesome. That will do it for this episode. Please be sure to leave a rating or review wherever you're following. You can find me on Instagram at the best seats. You can go to patreon.com slash the best seats for early ad free listening to each and every episode and piece of content that I'm producing. Uh, thank you to the sponsors for the show. Thank you to everybody for listening. Sorry about the background noise, a little bit of construction going on here, but you get it at home podcast and you're here to support it. And I'm forever grateful. Take care. The Best Seats Podcast is an original production of The Best Seats. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Rafa McCarthy, founder and owner of The Best Seats. It is recorded in Aliso Viejo, California. It is subsidized through generous donations through patreon.com slash the best seats. The following are names that have subscribed at the highest tier, aka norm status, and thus allow me to produce the show each and every episode. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Here are the supporters. Alexander Cook, Cheryl McCarthy, Elliot, George Pavlov, Serena Warino, Pizza Guy 92. Thank you for your support.